Well, today on Saints Alive, I am joined by Barb Memoli and Chelsea Young, and we are going to talk a little bit about Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe and the most recent Children's Parish Academy that started back in January and now is concluding here in May. We have had just a wonderful time of um, inspiration, of joy, creativity, and I just wanted these two women to share with us all the experiences that they've had and... Um, maybe even how this came to be. I want to ask Chelsea, how did this get started? Sure. Uh, so the, the idea of the Children's Parish Academy, I think organically happened that it felt natural to mimic what the adults are doing with the children and give a reason that whether or not as a parent you're doing something on Wednesday, there is a real purpose for your children to be here. That maybe it is that you need office hours after Wednesday, but your children need to be here. So take that time. And um, we wanted to provide that structure and not um, simply free play. And one of the, the ideas that I had been very passionate about for a long time is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe by C.S. Lewis. And how could we teach that um, in a fun way, especially now that we're in person? It gave us a little bit more freedom to really delve into it. And it is so transportive. It felt like a really wonderful first edition of this project because I think uh, it was an easier sell than here's a class on Wednesday night for your kids but no no we'll go to Narnia every night on Wednesday and how did you create Narnia in our children's area well that definitely was a together collaboration Barb is really great at engineering which I love because I have more of a designer brain I know how I want it to look and she knows how to build it Mm -hmm. so that's been a fun partnership we definitely, her son Jake had to get on some uh, chairs and get paper up on the walls, but then we painted a mural to make a winter scene because, of course, it starts off through the wardrobe that it is only winter, never Christmas in Narnia, which is nice because it's just black paint with trees. And But what was really great was Christmas was ending the weeks before we were going to start, so... Christmas was being taken down in the church and Barb, I know can speak more to this, but was able to uh, uh, grab the trees before they went back into hiding for the year, which was perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I think the decorating committee was very pleased that we were able to accommodate those Mm -hmm. (laughs) and do that. And also some of the youth helped you uh, do the painting, which was which was pretty interesting to to watch them, you know, watch you and, and mimic you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun because some of them had been on the children's floor with me before and some were older. But it was um, nice to see maybe a hint of jealousy that uh, we were about to do something really fun and and they got to see what it was going to look like. And uh, But you're, you, you're too old to be in Narnia now. <laughs> you can't join us. And I know since you already mentioned the wardrobe is such a big part of the story, uh, Barb had gone on a search to find, to purchase one. And then what did you end up doing? I did. I went on a search to purchase one. And unfortunately, I had I had two people who said they were willing to sell them to me. But um, the the marketplaces and Craigslist are not always reliable because they weren't actually selling a wardrobe. So I unfortunately didn't didn't get to get one. But, but you found a very creative. Option. We did. Actually, Chelsea came up with that. Ah, that OK. That second option. Uh, yeah, it's a. Um what you would basically take to to um, college, I guess, one of the portable standalone, war- or not wardrobe, but closet units that has an, a fabric that goes over it to sort of make a 
closet. But um, it looked very light and linen-y, so I stained it with wood um, wood varnish mm. the first week of it being there. It definitely um, had the smell of new wood in the <laughs> children's hallway that uh, was a nice effect, unintentionally. But yeah, no, it's totally wood. And it was very magical. It, it was. And so you, you have to, in order to get into Narnia, you enter through the wardrobe and... We, of course, wanted the big reveal moment in the first week, just as Lucy goes into Narnia. They didn't see it before they went through the wardrobe, which, of course, they had to be told what a wardrobe was. And then <laughs> they entered a room that they had known before, but it was completely winter and um, magical. And yeah. very transformed. Yeah, very transformed. And it's pretty interesting, um, the wardrobe that I would have gotten from Craigslist or the marketplace we might not been able to walk through it so this was this was fantastic we had some some jackets to walk through and enter into the transformed space um there are probably about maybe 12 trees um full-size trees and and large ones in there plus the winter scene and the the walls are all snow and there was snow covering the floor and there was also um a lamppost so uh, one of the first times they entered, they got to meet Mr. Tumnus in person as well. So Jake was dressed as Mr. Tumnus. And what would you say, since you mentioned you had to introduce wardrobe to them, I, there were some other things from the story and just the English culture that you would have introduced. So maybe give me two or three over the time that you thought were most striking to the children. Right. So this even goes back to the first rendition of this project that I felt like it was really important to have a a background discussion before each chapter because there are some historical references that children wouldn't necessarily know that really do make a bigger impact if you have that information. And in the first two or, you know, first few chapters, the idea of England is important. Uh, tea, you need to understand that that is a, a common snack every day, uh, which we were able to bring in with, uh, not only did we have tea, we have very many different kinds of tea, but on real China that um, the All Saints staff was able to lend us. And we have not broken a single one the entire time, which is a big win, I feel like. Uh, they took it very seriously when they were explained, when it was explained to them that the significance of tea, I think. But we also would theme snacks. Miss Barb has a few very creative ones that she came up with. They were pretty fun. Um, um, we did Turkish Delight. When it was when it was time for Turkish Delight, and the kids were very, I would say, half of them were very impressed by it, and half of them were very impressed with the fact that they don't understand why people in England would love Turkish Delight. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty split, and I think that's fair. I think yeah. adults would feel the same way. I think so. <laughs> we we also had sardines for Tumnus's tea. Wow! I, Did everyone sample them? No, I ate one. And the rest of them saw it. So, but it was an option for them. And we did try to make the snack go along with the chapter as best as possible. Amazingly, Barb found these mythical creature cookies. Who knew that there were frosted mermaid and uh, unicorn and wow. sea monster cookies. But it worked so well when we go to Aslan's camp the first time. Because what else? I mean... You run out of ideas after a while, and what can we do? And then here's this actually really great concept. 
the kids did point out that some of the cookies became sort of amorphic, but that also <laughs> works in the story too. Wonderful. And um, back to the idea of the background, especially in the beginning, understanding that there's a war going on and that the children are being sent for their safety to this person's house that they've never met is important because if you don't know why these children are away from their parents in a stranger's house, that's a big question mark. And that they are a family unit all together, but that's all of the um, family that they have at the moment. And then there's this odd professor and is he good or is he bad? And we'll talk about that as the story goes on. Mm -hmm. So you had the element of just the creativity of the space that they would come to. You had the element of food and various uh, cultural ways that they can engage with the story. And and then each time you would read a chapter for them, right? Just kind of do a storytelling time. Mm -hmm. And then there was also the creativity of some kind of project that you had together. Yes. So the format for each week, minus bathroom breaks, was <laughs> background discussion. Well, we after the first week, we entered Narnia at the beginning. Uh, background chapter discussion because we aren't just telling this for the sake of entertainment we are relating it back to our faith and how it relates to the story of Jesus and some of the bigger questions that children deal with especially in regards to what it means to be Christian and then there was a reinforcement creative part which was themed per chapter we I'm obsessed with the characters of the beavers it's a thing. We all know it now. <laughs> and they did uh, draw the beavers. I had the older kids. And then I'm a little bit jealous of what Miss Barr came up with the younger kids. They made these beaver lodges because they're not dams where they live. They live in lodges. And they're the cutest, best sculptural thing. And I, I wish that I had thought of it. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that it, it goes well together. I love that. And I really especially love the fact that you go over the last chapter that we read in the beginning <clears throat> and kind of reinforce what they, what, where we were in the story and what we talked about and um, get them thinking about questions. And then we read the chapter. And then afterwards, when you discussed the chapter after the fact, you didn't just tell them the answers to things. Um, you, you posed more questions and the kids really, really were engaged that way. And, and I think it was really important for us to engage the kids in something very godly, um, applying their real lives to a fantasy book that they also will read in their, their real lives. And I think that it, it was really important for our first kids parish academy to get them so immersed um because it, it just just creates this excitement so that they're gonna hopefully come back and and they were oftentimes leading their their parents to adult parish academy and that's that's what we want mm -hmm. we want that kind of excitement for adults and children but i think with kids when you can immerse them like that it's it's so much fun yeah, yeah. It, it did at the Art projects added the level of fun, but I agree. I think that my favorite part really are the discussions because you do see the light bulb moments happening and you're having an emotional connection to really the story of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection through these other characters that they don't necessarily know that they're having that same emotional experience until the discussion later. And then it, it's really, it is a full emotional experience, really, that mm. I think sometimes when we're just telling the story to kids, they don't necessarily connect with the real sacrifice and pain 
Mm. That's so important. And even if maybe this first reading, it doesn't all sink in, I do think that we're planting seeds that will be remembered later. Absolutely. And totally exciting to see them come to those conclusions on their own versus just telling them what the answers are. Could you all give me an example? Because I know on a given Wednesday night, I'd see you at the end of the night and you'd say, oh, this is what such and such said. Um, can you think of one or two examples that really just struck you and you will always remember? Yeah, this one is maybe a little silly, but it, it was it's uh, it was good for me that we were it was actually the chapter where Aslan does. By the way, spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't read these stories. <laughs> um, but Aslan dies. He does <laughs> die as we as we know that Jesus died. It wasn't, you know, it's not um, it isn't a metaphor. It truly died. And so we're reading the story and it's a dark chapter as it should be and the white witch has this great uh, last line. It's one of the best villain lines ever about um, how he's she's whispering in his ear that he's done all of this for nothing and she's going to win and Edmund will die anyway as well as all of the humans and now he should despair and die and then he dies and that's the end of the chapter and I look and I really wanted to nail it home and I look up and there are these little faces going just blank or not blank but these confused expressions and one of them said he dies <laughs> because it's not what's supposed to happen yes. in the stories we don't really have the best character die and like yes he did die and then the conversation became but he didn't deserve to die and why why wouldn't he save himself he could and it's like ah Yes, that's a very good point. Do we think of anyone else who's had this happen and uh, the dots were connected to Jesus and exactly that sentiment that, once again, going back to the idea, I think we miss it when we talk about the Easter story with kids, that like that emotional relation to Christ's sacrifice for us instead of it just being told and then they can say it back to you. They really felt it. And then there was relief the next, uh, the next time. Hmm. Thank you, Chelsea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will leading right to that <clears throat> at the end of the um, at, at our, our very ending class at, at the last chapter, I went over with the kids, you know, who, who was their favorite character and why? You know, we discussed that and there were a couple of them that um, like Lucy because she was honest all the way through. But um, my favorite, uh, I think the majority of the kids, their favorite character was Aslan. And but my favorite reason why was because Aswen was the goodest and that came from one of our preschoolers mm. yeah it, it was a I was hoping but I wasn't sure that you know Aslan should be this being that you love and almost inexplicably why do you love them and depending on how good the story reading is what if that doesn't what if my voice is not one of a deep imposing lion so I hope that they're going to get it and C.S. Lewis is just so good that it comes across regardless of a younger-ish, I guess not so young anymore, woman reading <laughs> the voice of Aslan because it is so well-written and powerful to relating Jesus's love for us. Mm -hmm. And it clearly, it resonated. It was uh, Aslan was the majority of the kids' mm -hmm. favorite character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think all but, all but two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and and still they struggled with who was their favorite between Aslan and Lucy. Yeah. So <laughs> none of them said the beavers. Just... <laughs> no, but but we did request for the beavers, Mrs. Beaver, to to read us something more or to speak to us some in 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 her lingo. Mm. We loved it, and and also your voice resonated definitely with Aslan because I had to walk out of the room twice with my eyes watering. So. Yeah, thanks, Barb. <laughs> so it seems as if it was a great success, the Children's Parish Academy. And, and as you had mentioned earlier, that definitely some children made a point that they let their parents know, no, I can't miss tonight. I need yes. to be there. So we look forward to what will happen next. And of course, coming up, we have the opportunity um, for those that hear this in time to uh, come to the art display, the art show. It will be on display on Wednesday of uh, the 18th and then also on Sunday, the 22nd of May. So if you're hearing this in time, please come and see what our children have produced and be inspired and then think about and pray about helping our team do the next one. Yep. I think this is an exciting opportunity for those who maybe aren't involved with family ministries, either because you don't have children a part of it or you're unaware of it to get a big, Ooh, what is this? And hopefully ask questions about what we're doing and realize that while you might not see it, we are active and vibrant and doing things you don't want to miss. And you don't have to have kids to be a part of and support but uh, we would love to have all of the kids be a part of it and their families. Amen to that. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Barb and Chelsea, for this conversation today. And we just ask for God's blessings upon all who hear it. Amen. Thank you.